Welcome, welcome one and all, and thank you for listening to Top of Talk Wrestling, wherever you are in the world today. In today's episode, I'll be reviewing Monday Night Raw. And we start off Monday Night Raw with a highlight package, uh, showing us last week where T-Bar and Mace were masked, and they picked up the win. They were the first ones out, and there was a picture-in-picture screen of them both talking about how they are no longer having elegance, and that there was no business that they have to attend the only thing that they want to cause is extinction then in the gorilla position Braun and Drew were seen to have an argument backstage we started off by Braun Strowman um, by saying that Drew should have thanked him for helping him out last week he tells Drew that he should follow Braun's lead tonight and he calls Drew a kid now McIntyre responds by saying he is a champion around the world, a two-time WWE champion and a number one contender. And then he calls Braun a kid. Now, Braun Strowman's response isn't, oh, well, I'm a former Universal Champion and I won at WrestleMania, which I would have thought that he would have said that, to be honest. Um, But instead, he just tells Drew his gimmick, that he's the monster among, among men, which is a pretty bad response, to be fair. So Braun Strowman makes his way down to the ring. Um, Mike Rome, I think his name, is announces Braun Strowman, but he grabs the mic and says it'll be a handicap match as he takes on T-Bar and Mace, and the bell rings. So the first match is Braun versus Mace and a T-Bar, and T-Bar in a handicap match. Now T-Bar starts off the match, but Braun dominates him. T-Bar tags in Mace, starts to take control of the match, Quick tags between T-Bar and Mace. Um, they then get Braun in the corner. They continue to stomp on him whilst Braun is down in the corner. And the referee obviously gives him a five count after they've had the tag. Um, and they break that five count. They just go past it and they keep stomping on him. Which then leads to a disqualification. And um, with that being... And with them being announced as the winners, or as announced, sorry. And even though Braun isn't announced as the winner, um, Drew McIntyre comes down to the ring. He clears house, and just before the break, he looks at Braun and says, "What? No, thank you." And then Braun calls him a funny guy, and then we head to a break. Um, after the break, we then come back and have a tag team match between Braun and Drew versus Mason Debar. So Drew and Mace start the match. Mace reverses a future shock DDT. Drew delivers a chop to Mace. Mace goes for what looks like a discus clothesline, uh, but Drew delivers um, a Glasgow kiss headbutt. T-Bar is then tagged in. They isolate Drew away from Braun. Uh, Drew eventually gets the tag to Braun, but Mace tags in T-Bar as well at the same time. Uh, Braun shoulder tackles T-Bar. He throws T-Bar into the corner. Uh, but as Braun runs towards him in the corner, he hits his shoulder in the post. Uh, Drew then tags in after he falls, uh, falls off as Braun. Drew tags himself in. He connects with a future shock DDT. Goes for the pin, but Mace breaks up the count. Uh, Braun then recovers. He enters the ring, takes out Mace. He throws him out of the ring. Braun does his little choo-choo thing around the ring. He knocks down Mace, he goes to the other side of the ring, but Drew is about to hit T-Bar, 
and he takes out Braun instead. T-Bar then throws McIntyre over the barricade. Um, the count is at nine. T-Bar gets in the ring, and Mace and T-Bar win, as Drew couldn't make the count. We then get a backstage segment where Drew asks Adam Pearce, the WWE official member, not the general manager, uh, to which he grants a match between him and Braun. Which we'll get to a little bit later. I thought this was um, a bit of an average match. Even though there was times where Braun would be dominating the match. And Mace would be as well. I thought this was quite a good showing for Mace. I'm surprised though that they've kept the names of Mace and T-Bar. I would have thought they would have gone back to you know, their actual names. Dio Madden and Dominic Dijakovic. But apparently not. And this could be a tag team going forward I don't think they would split them up now they were obviously part of Retribution there was no Ali on this show either and there was no uh, Snapjack or Reckoning which is obviously Mia Yim I think they will continue to be a tag team how they're going to influence what happens next I don't know but we do find out later on in the show that they do turn up again so this feud if you like kind of isn't over so then we get Probably one of the worst segments of the show, I think it's uh, it's Miz TV, and the Miz promotes his twenty four WWE twenty four show, and his Miz and Mrs show, which is on afterwards. And in the ring, there is the Miz with John Morrison, Elias, and Jackson Riker. John Morrison calls himself the Moist Voice, which is a bit weird, very weird. And the Miz calls him M C M I Z. Basically, he's calling himself. Something that should be on the McDonald's menu. The Mac Miz. Elias is there, as I said, with Jackson Riker. They do an unplugged version of Hey Hey Hop Hop. Well, not quite anyway. They start off all of them by singing, saying Hey to try and tune their voice. And then all they do is sing Hey Hey Ho Ho, not Hop Hop. And they are all very much out of sync. They're all very much out of tune. It literally could make someone's ears bleed. <laughs> Normally I don't mind that when Elias starts singing all that. I don't mind those sort of segments, but with this one in particular, this was easily the worst one. Especially how that he wasn't actually playing the guitar to the actual chords. It's almost as if he kind of forgot how to play him. So it kind of hurt his gimmick a little bit. But luckily enough, Damien Priest comes out and he says that he has a surprise for them. He mentions the Miz losing to Bad Bunny at WrestleMania, and then the New Day come out. Xavier Woods comes down with a case that looks like he might be playing the bass again but instead they open up the case and it's a case full of tomatoes and they then throw tomatoes at Jackson Riker, Elias, The Miz and John Morrison and <laughs> on the on the replay that they show uh, one of them actually hits Morrison in the thigh and on the other replay, the Miz gets thrown one right at the top of his head. And it's probably the only headshot that is allowed on Raw nowadays. Also, they show one that appears to hit Miz in the um, testicle, shall we say. <laughs> this then leads into a match. Damien Priest and the New Day versus the Miz, Elias and Jackson Riker. With John Morrison at ringside. And there isn't really much to to say on this match. Elias was in the ring with Woods and tags were made before The Miz took a double team from The New Day. 
priest tagged himself in. The Miz retreated before bringing in Riker. Priest then took out all three of the opponents to the outside of the ring, and Kofi Kingston delivered an SOS. Woods then was able to tag in, who went for a dive. Elias caught him with the jaw, with the thing that they're now calling the Symphony, but Woods was saved by Priest. There was a bit of back and forth between Woods and Riker. In the end, an inside cradle, or small package, from Woods saw him roll up Riker for the win. It was a alright match. It wasn't wasn't too bad. I have seen better six man matches, but you know it's a raw TV show. It's not not going to be pay per view quality. But still, it was an, it was an alright match between all six participants. We then get a series of backstage and in ring segments. This is actually part of the show where I counted it that without adverts. From bell to bell, there was 35 minutes, 24 seconds of promos in this seg- in in this next section. But yet the third hour, it was all sort of all, it was all go. All of a sudden, there was about like three or four matches, like boom, 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 one after the other. Which is, I mean, okay, I, I'm I'm fine with it progressing story. They could have thrown the odd match in between some of these, uh, some of these backstage and some of these promo segment. First one we get backstage is Sonia Deville and she's walking backstage towards the exit and she opens the door and in walks Charlotte Flair, the suspended Charlotte Flair that is. And we didn't have long to wait before Sonia kind of gave the reasons as to why Charlotte was back. We went to break, came back, they were both in the ring, Sonia and Charlotte. And Sonia invites the ref from last week, uh, Eddie Ringo, into the ring. She has a video, video package of what happened last week between them, between Charlotte and the referee. And Sonia says that Adam Pearce was wrong in what he did last week in suspending Charlotte and fining her. Charlotte apologises to the ref and to WWE management. The ref says he accepts her apology. But then he says if he saw what Rhea Ripley did when she interfered, then Charlotte would have won the match. Charlotte was obviously not very happy with this. And she asked for an apology from the ref because of what he just said. Which he does. He, he apologises. And then and then Charlotte turns around and calls him a good boy. So she's obviously a heel this week, is Charlotte. They walk back up the ramp. This is Sonia and Charlotte, this is. But both of them start smiling. So it kind of makes me think that maybe there is something more to this. And I'll get onto this probably another day as to what I think will happen. But then Sonia runs into Ellen Pierce and he's not happy. He's not happy with what happens. She claims that she couldn't find Pierce. I mean why she couldn't just phone him, I don't know. Yeah, he's not very happy with this. The next segment we have Seamus coming down to the ring for his open challenge. But before we have that we have yet again another backstage segment with Adam Pierce, who this time is interrupted by Braun Strowman. Now Braun wants Pierce to add him to the match if he beats True tonight to make it a triple threat match at WrestleMania Backlash. Adam Pierce agrees. So we have a stipulation to the match later on tonight. So we go back into the ring where Sheamus is and he cuts a promo saying that he beat Alberto Carrillo. He says that the open challenge is going to continue without the title on the line and and calls out whoever wants to come down. And who answers the call? But it is the returning Alberto Carrillo. Again, <laughs> and they both brawl. Uh, Carrillo throws out, throws out Sheamus. He does a suicide dive 
dive to the outside, pushing Seamus over to the table. He walks back up the ramp with Seamus throwing chairs out of frustration. No match comes of this, but you've got to think that maybe next week there would be a match between the two. We are, what, three and a bit weeks away from the actual next pay-per-view. Maybe next week they could have Carrillo beat Sheamus in some way to set up a title match at WrestleMania Backlash, probably. That's my guess. And then we've got another backstage segment, <laughs> this time with Bobby Lashley, the MVP. He's walking backstage and is interrupted by the Irish interviewer, who I forget what his name is. But anyway, he tries to get his thoughts on potentially Braun being added to the match. MVP says it's only hypothetical and that they were making their way to the ring. We then get another backstage segment, a female reporter this time. Again, no name flashes up, so I have no idea who she is. But she interviews Rhea Ripley. And she basically says that she doesn't care about Charlotte's apology, but their paths may cross one day, and walks off. And that was it. It was kind of pointless to add this segment in, if I'm honest. But then we head to the ring. Not for a match. (laughs) But this time, Bobby Lashley comes down to the ring, cuts a promo saying that he'll beat everyone and that he'll be at ringside later for the Braun Drew match as he has a vested interest in the outcome and that he'll do anything that he can to retain the title that he worked 16 years to get at WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, They seem to be pushing this with reminding everybody that he lost the the US title in a triple threat match and that he could potentially be in a triple threat match at the next pay-per-view, which again could be that he will lose a title but we'll see we'll see what happens another backstage segment this time <laughs> yeah there's uh, always after this one there's what two more backstage segments for a match but in this one this one this backstage segment was actually pretty decent I think and it has Matt Riddle and he's with the Irish guy Kevin Patrick I think his name is actually now come to think of it so Kevin Patrick's with Riddle and he's talking about Riddle this is about being High up in the clouds after beating Randy Orton last week. He says he squished Orton like a mongoose, whatever that means. And he see and then he sees Orton and he goes, Oh hey or hey Randy, we were just talking about you. <laughs> Orton then says that he doesn't know what planet Riddle is on <laughs> and immediately immediately Riddle shouts, I'm from Earth <laughs> and then there's a, straight away Orton tells him to shut up. And then <laughs> Orton says that they have nothing in common and Riddle interjects and says apart from that we're both from Earth (laughs) that did pop me that I must admit Orton says that he wants to tag with Riddle um, as last week he earned Orton's respect during the match he says that he's called in a favour for a tag team match and that he's ready if Riddle accepts which he does and so the potential of RK Bros which is what he in there said last week, Riddle, could actually happen. But we'll see what happens in the match. We then have Nia and Shayna backstage. Shayna says um, that there can't be any more distractions as after they lost on Friday night on SmackDown. Uh, Reginald is back with them on Raw, and Nia receives some flowers. Reginald says that they are not from him, but then um, Angel Garza appears kisses Nia's hand and says that he got her flowers and wishes her good luck. Now, if she is supposed to be in a relationship with Reginald, which is kind of what they've been insinuating and, and implying for quite some time, 
why don't you just kick Angel Garza's ass? Whilst he's like right there. That would that would have made more sense. I don't know. But anyway, so they continue to walk down the hall and Dana and Mandy Rose are at the makeup table by the looks of it. And Naya throws her flowers in Mandy's face and she says to put them in water, bitch, and laughs and walks off. So that's that's still continuing. A final segment before the next match, we see Braun and MVP backstage. MVP says that Braun is groveling to management about putting him in the title match and that Lashley doesn't like it. Braun says there is nothing he or Lashley can do to change it once he wins. And then finally, we have a match after 35 minutes, 24 seconds, without adverts. With adverts, by the way, 55 minutes. So nearly a whole hour. The, the entire second hour was pretty much full of promos. So the fourth match of the night is Randy Orton and Matt Riddle versus Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. Riddle starts the match with Cedric and Benjamin getting the early tag. Riddle takes some big knee shots to the face. As Cedric gets back in, he goes for Riddle's eyes before hot tagging. Benjamin and he keeps the uh, former US champion Matt Riddle in the corner Riddle makes a tag to Orton who then takes control of the match Benjamin hits Orton with a dragon whip but Randy gets a power slam in Cedric leaps in for a cheap shot but was caught mid-air with an RKO so he was on the top rope and he was probably doing some sort of I don't know what he was doing he was just diving in the air I don't know what he was trying to accomplish by it, but he gets caught by a, a great RKO by Randy Orton. He then gets hold of Shelton Benjamin, throws him to the ring apron, where he does this spike DDT, and he does it. He does the spike DDT off the second rope. Matt Riddle then calls for a tag. Randy Orton tags him in. He goes to the top for floating bro, and he gets the win. Orton and uh, Matt Riddle celebrate the win. <laughs> Riddle goes to hug Orton and immediately just like pushes him away. He's like, no, get away. <laughs> that was quite funny. They get their first tag team victory. And Corey Graves on commentary is like, he's going to RKO, RKO him. He's going to RKO Riddle now, right now. <laughs> Even when Randy Orton's like halfway up the ramp, he says, he's going to turn around and RKO him now. <laughs> he's like, there's a massive difference in space between where Randy Orton is and where Riddle is. It's going to happen. We know it's going to happen, but when? When? We do not know. But if it leads to another Orton, might be a match at pay-per-view. I'm down for that. But we'll, we'll see where this goes. We'll see where this goes. We then get a fifth match of the night, which is Nia Jax, Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler versus Asuka, Lana and Naomi. Ripley gets Lana in a submission early at the start of the match, but then Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke come down to the ring. Their music plays, it distracts Shayna and Naya, and they've got a bucket of water, which, after what happened in the segment earlier on, where they had the flowers, and Nia Jax was like, put these in water, bitch, and she just throws the flowers at them. They then bring the water, but Nia Jax doesn't go to them. Instead, it's Shayna, because Shayna's obviously getting annoyed with all these distraction finishes. She goes towards them, and then... Dana Rook and Mandy Rose just throws this bucket of water on her and Shayna Baszler 
And as she's doing that, as she does that, Nia Jax comes to the teammate's aid and she slips and she falls over and she struggles to get to her feet. So we're kind of going with this gimmick where they're kind of Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose make Nia Jax and Shane Vazor look like a tit and vice versa, it seems. It's going to be a tag team title match, make the match. We know that this is going to happen, just go for it. <laughs> um, but it didn't really seem to phase them that much because before long they were in the ring. Jax did a Samoan drop on Asuka. She avoided the splash in the corner. Naomi tagged in and pelted Nye with running and flying forearms. Lana then tagged in, tagged Naomi, sorry, just before she was planted with a riptide by Ripley. She fought off Lana's offense and hit her with, hit the finisher, sorry, hit her finisher on Lana, which then led to Naya doing a running leg drop on her for the win. We then get a backstage segment where Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose are laughing. Sonya approaches them and saying that they shouldn't be laughing at Naya for what they're doing to her. And they said that Sonya tells Dana that she'll be facing Charlotte Flair tonight in a match because Charlotte needs an opponent. We then get another backstage segment with Alexa Bliss. It's Alexa's playground, she's there with Lily and she looks into the camera telling the viewer that they should look into her eyes. She says Lily's name three times which is kind of reference to Beetlejuice and Candyman I think was the other one. You couldn't say the name three times but I think that was in a mirror but even still. She then tells us to think of something happy and peaceful we see some like stones and some lily pads and then all of a sudden Alexa's doll pops up and tries to scare the viewer. Well not really that scary anyway but you know there we are. Um, Alexa tells us that she is ready to unleash Lily and what happens next is Lily's fault. The following match, the sixth match is Charlotte versus Mandy Rose. Mandy tried to get a cover early on Charlotte but she reversed it. Dana Brooke was there to try and cause a distraction which worked to a certain extent. Mandy took a flare into the corner. She was beating up on Charlotte. She hit a missile drop kick for a near fall. And then Mandy threw Charlotte at the referee. But Charlotte stopped herself when she was in the corner, when she's been thrown towards the corner. Charlotte then got a near fall. She started arguing with the referee, which is the same referee that she had to apologize to. And then he apologized to her. She gets rolled up twice for two counts. And then Charlotte then manages to hit natural selection, snap mare as we used to call it, for the win. Gets the one, two, three. We then get a backstage segment, the last one, thank Christ, <laughs> a backstage segment with Kevin Patrick, who approaches Drew and says that he must not be happy about Braun potentially being added to the WrestleMania Backlash match. Uh, Drew says that he isn't happy about it. He says he thought Braun was all about getting these hands instead of getting these handouts. And it goes to the ring. We then get the last match of the night, which is Drew versus Braun Strowman. So the match starts, and Drew gets hit with a shoulder tackle before taking Braun down and start working on his legs. McIntyre goes to the top rope, but is thrown across the ring by Braun before um, Lashley's music hits. So Lashley comes down to the ring, and then he sits along ringside to watch the match which is exactly what he said he was going to do after the break he was there 
wasn't on commentary, he was just sat to the side of the commentary desk. Drew went for a Claymore, but Strowman caught him with a powerbomb. That was pretty impressive. He sort of just he just jumped towards Braun's face and just hoped that he caught him. He did. That was, quite, that was a really good show of strength. Braun gets a near fall. Drew blocked a couple of his chops. He then managed to get the Glasgow headbutt in. Drew McIntyre hit a spine buster, but Braun Strowman still kicked out. Braun countered the Future Shock DDT before setting up Drew on the top rope and hitting a huge superplex from the top rope. The way he lands Braun, he sort of lands with his feet instead of his back. So I thought there was a slight botch in that landing, but it's not, you know, to the... If you're seeing it live, you probably won't notice it, but on second viewing, you do sort of see it a bit more. But either way, he goes for this huge set, this huge superplex. I don't know why, but part of me thought that the ring was going that the ring was going to implode. I don't know why I thought this, but because I know it's happened in the past with like Big Show and Brock Lesnar, I think was the first one to do it. I can't remember who the other one was. I think it was did Mark Henry do it as well? Something like that. Mark Henry and somebody. But either way, it didn't implode. He delivers the huge superplex. So then Braun delivers a splash in the corner before Lashley interferes on the apron. MVP gets Drew out of running power slam uh, but MVP then gets taken out but then T-Bow and Mace return they interfere and they manage to get Braun to deliver the power running power slam on Drew before picking up the win Braun Strowman will be added to the match it will be a triple threat match at Wrestlemania Backlash for the WWE title so they've put that element in where he could potentially lose the title without being pinned just like how he did with the US title, with Bob Lashley, that is. We get sort of, with this retribution, or whatever they're called now, T-Bar and Mace, the tag teams, this tag team, they seem to be in it for themselves. They're not part of the hurt business, I think that is fair to say, because they wouldn't have allowed that to happen. Maybe we'd get Bobby Lashley versus T-Bar and Mace next week, but I mean, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens. Overall, this episode of Raw, it was alright. It wasn't the best Raw, it wasn't the worst Raw. It was probably more in the worst category to a certain extent. I like the fact how they have a storyline from start to finish, which is what they used to do, like years ago. It used to, there'll be a story that would be a continuating story that will carry on up into the pay-per-view, and then they'll start another story after the pay-per-view, or the fallout from it. And in this episode, it was a continuation, really, of what happened last week with the whole T-Bar and Mace getting involved, and then they get involved again, this time with Braun. They've added Braun into the triple threat match, and I don't mind it, in all honesty. I know people on Twitter are not very happy with this episode of Raw, and I can understand why, because there were a heck of a lot of backstage segments. There were some that weren't even needed at all. They were just kind of pointless. They were just filler, that's all they were. And they could have put the odd match in between all those promos. And that was the thing that really annoyed me about this show. So if I was to give it a rating, I mean, I don't normally rate shows, really. I'll probably say maybe a five or maybe a four. Probably more of a four than a five. We'll go, we'll go four. Yeah, we'll give, the rating, we'll give it a rating of probably about a four out of ten. And that was only, say, because of the matches. Like the Braun Strowman Drew match was good, the Xavier Woods 
New Day, Amy Priest, six-man match with them and The Miz and Jackson Rafael Elias, that was alright. But really other than that, it wasn't a great episode of Raw. They seem to be just be plodding along, and this kind of is the dead period, really, to be honest, in WWE. Like the the night after WrestleMania, that's always a good one, apart from obviously this year because you know we've had the pandemic. But you know, once we get past WrestleMania backlash, I think the next pay per view is Money in the Bank. But I think we also have a draft coming up soon. It's it's due a draft. I think it's after WrestleMania backlash. They might start promoting that, and I think that's probably when things might start to pick up. It, Wrestling misses its fans. That's without a doubt. TV viewership is down on Raw. And part and parcel of that is because there is no fans. Because when you go to a live show, you want to see if you made it onto camera. In any time. But it seems to be a while before that's going to happen yet. Probably not till next year, maybe. I don't know. Hopefully it'll be done before then. But at the minute, it's just kind of keeping the keeping its head above water. It's plodding along, and yeah, this is just a bit of a a bad period for WWE. But at least they're doing a continuous storyline. Like I said, I don't mind the continuous storyline at all. So let me know what you think. If you're listening to this on YouTube, comment down below. If you are listening to this on Acast or Spotify, tweet us at Topic Talk W on Twitter. And that has been the Raw review of the 26th of April edition of Raw. This is my first ever review on Raw, especially in podcast form. So if you've made it this far, thank you very much. <laughs> very much appreciated. And hopefully as this continues, better equipment, my voice gets a lot better. And yeah, you can start making a bit more content in the future. I would really like to, I must admit. I really want to make this, make this something, but we need to start somewhere. And boy, I'm starting this now. <laughs> so we'll see. But once again, thank you very much for listening. Take care. See you again soon. Bye.